Hi everyone, welcome to um, another episode of Art and Labor. I'm OK Fox. And I'm Lucia Love. And our beautiful Patreon supporters on the $15 tier uh, recently got a package in the mail with some prints in it, including a lovely drawing Lucia made. Oh yeah, oh. that's a very special drawing. Um, it was it's it's commissioned by the entirety of our art and labor Discord, and I drew it and okay colored it. Yeah, I did like a recolor, like deviant art style. Yeah, so just like every single aspect of art and labor is wrapped up in in that drawing. It's special. Yeah, and if if you want to just order it one off uh i guess you can dm us i don't know how much it costs probably yeah. like well we'll like look at your feed and we'll decide how much money you have <laughs> and then we'll make a price from there <laughs> <laughs> um so those went out um along with my zine that was printed i made in i looked it up and i made it in fucking january Oh, I yeah. <laughs> I remember when you were freaking out about cops and then you were like, Sonic is a cop. Yeah, I was freaking out because the Sonic movie was coming out and he is a cop. And I was like, wait, no, he's been a cop. He's been a cop. This makes sense. This all happened. Yeah. Yeah. You, you <laughs> looked back in time and you saw Sonic like at your birthday party. And then you looked closer and you like isolated the pixels oh, on his chest and realized there was a little sheriff's badge there. He's an op. He's been an op this whole time. This whole time. But he was moving too fast, guys. Too fast to yeah. see. Um, yeah. So that's finally out. So that's good. Maybe I'll work on something else. My once a year thing that I'm able to make with my dumbass little broken brain. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Do not talk to yourself like that in I front of the audience. <laughs> I get it together. Sorry. Uh, that if that sort of deprecation makes people uncomfortable it's not i don't really mean it i'm just being hard on myself for no reason um but yeah those went out um people like them so far that's nice um if you're a 15 dollar supporter and you still haven't gotten it it's probably because you're uh in another country oh yeah um, that happens too and if you would like to become a 15 dollar supporter um we can give you more stuff yeah because there's more of the stuff we can give it to you too if you've been a, a 15 dollar for longer you got more stuff so you might have gotten um extra prints um extra zines stuff like that depending on how long but if you become one i'll send you i'll send you the print no problem i'll do it right now. i'll do it immediately once once the money goes in <laughs> i'll do it right now I don't, I don't have a job i'm just trying to fucking send prints better i'm outside your house <laughs> talk to my post office guy he's very friendly i i shipped the international stuff wrong and he returned it to my house with a little note and then um he explained to me that um bubble mailers are sometimes considered parcels so you have to be careful but he let me get away with it Ooh, yeah that is good to know they'll jack you there's like types of bubble mailers that they make that look like a regular manila 
envelope, but are a bubble mailer, and maybe I'll go for those next time. Yeah. Um, shipping facts. <laughs> it's important. I, I think, like, most podcasts, uh, this is, like, extremely necessary information for them. But maybe <laughs> listeners, not so much. I don't know. Everyone's mailing shit now. Everyone's trying to save the post office. Hashtag save post office. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you want to <laughs> save the post office, use a bubble mailer. Just, like, ship it as a parcel. And then Pay for add, price. like, <laughs> as many stamps as you can. Just cover it in stamps for no reason. Yeah, I was, like, I, I got away with paying, like, two bucks, two fifty or something for an international thing that if it was a parcel would have been like 13 bucks or something whoa yeah that's like that's a different and that's why i got on my gears a bit because i'm like oh okay i really gotta make sure i do this right because yeah, you're just because you're trying to extort them for their services yeah because i'm actually trying to bankrupt the post office this whole time and oh um, damn playing both sides That's and defraud clever. the election because uh, it's all a sh- such a sham and i've gone full circle about it wow no. <laughs> it is a sham but it is a sham but yeah yeah Oh what! Oh my gosh! How about that contrapoints voting video? My God, the internet—it's in a tizzy. Like it. Didn't it's like in, it. It's in a tizzy, you guys. The I voting had to take video. about it pretty immediately um, because yeah. that's the other thing I've made into my job is having takes online. Oh, you're a full-on <laughs> internet person now. Yeah. <laughs> my take about it was um, that it's just an imitation of her critics and not actually confronting the arguments at all. That's how did, I take. How, how, do, what is that? What is an imitation of a critique look like? Because to me, I was like, Oh yeah. Seems like a lot of the ways that left Twitter communicates the disinterest in voting or the disdain for it was sort of like, covered in a 20 minute way yeah that's what that's exactly what i mean though it's just the way people talk online it's not actually uh it's it's not actually like a a a more like rigorous examination of like how um you know like like why someone like intellectually would come to the conclusion not to vote for joe biden or why um, you know, the, the whole thing is set up in a way that like, um, I don't know, I guess she, she, I mean, she touches on some of these things, but I just, I, I, I just think it could have used a little, a little more work or I, I don't know, just because she's so smart and I get, and I like, that's what I really like about her videos a lot of the times is that it's like, here is this type of theory that I'm going to read from now about this topic. And instead it was like, here is a person I made up that I'm embodying that I'm just going to like make up, literally like make a Twitter for her and say that she's saying this. And that's the argument. Well, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I kind of appreciated the video 
I don't know. I was like, I'm also not an online person, so I'm probably like, you know, I'm like a grandma or, or like a really, I'm basically um, just an extremely old, conservative, <laughs> um, like terrible, uh, you know, I, um, I'm a banker in wow. most people's eyes, I think, <laughs> you know? Um, or a landlord even. That's horrible. But, Don't talk about yourself. That's fucking so yeah. fun. That's so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just want to circle that one back around. <laughs> Callbacks. Um, no, I don't think any of those things about myself. Um, but no, I thought that the I thought the video was interesting because um, it was like one of the more palatable arguments I've heard towards like why why it's so hard for us to have a communist revolution. Where I was like, oh yeah, um, I can definitely relate to the frustration around being like, yeah, okay, so this revolution, um, are we, do we have the military on our side? Like, do we have a red army? Like, what exactly are we doing when we say that we don't want to participate in having this like harm reduction? And like, if you do it, it takes 10 seconds and then you do something else and it's not anything that, you know, you're not voting for what you want. You're just using it as one piece of a strategy to stop things like all of the horrible shit that's been normalized over the past four years. Yeah, I, I don't hate the the argument about, you know, referencing the military, referencing these things. Um, but I it it's also very um I don't know. It's very, it's very dismissive of the orgs that like genuinely do believe that like they do want to, to build left militias or they do want to work more in, in concert internationally with the uprisings happening all over the world right now. And um, it just felt a little, um, I don't know, singularly focused on uh the United States, which I mean, fine, she's based in the United States, but like if you yeah, and if, it's the United States selection, it, yes, of course. But the the thing is, like, if your if your criticism is okay, you're a communist, you're a big communist, and you're not going to vote because, um, you know, you you think we need to do this, this, and this. There are people who are you know do believe that and are working towards those goals and. Uh, it's, you know, uh, it, it just felt, that's where I felt like it was, it was lacking, like, um, thought about like the, these more like, I don't know, like a different, um, conceptions about like what, uh, a political party should be and how the, um, the Democrats are a, capitalist party and somebody can be opposed to supporting a capitalist party and be working to build a worker party and just you know singularly focused on that and that that's not to say that you you don't like you can't also vote but it ignores like the type of person who would say vote vote a down ballot vote the local stuff and then maybe vote green or whatever 
which are real people, <laughs> like uh, not just a made up person on the internet, you know, they're like people who you can research and talk to um, uh, and understand like the, um, I don't know, the theoretical frameworks they're working from and stuff like that. I think that's what bothered me about it. Yeah, I think it, I mean, it definitely wasn't a video about trying to understand electoralism, though. It was a propaganda video that was, like, trying to gather as many votes as possible out of this, like, it was like, you know, a slap in the face and just saying, hey, if ever there was a time to reinvest yourself in the meager, uh, um, you know, whatever sort of i'm i'm having trouble even trying to find the word for it it's like if you practice a uh, harm reduction at a point where everything is so corrupt i don't really know what you're getting out of it except like we're not going to full on genocide everyone we're going to put the cork in in full on genocide and then figure it out yeah, I guess I I I think that there's an argument that um, the Bidens is n we're not going to see an end to genocide under Biden of of the you know of the working class and of um, immigrants and all of these things. Like maybe we will see less genocide. I always think of it as like genocide light or something, or like shoot them in the leg instead type of people that's because that's how they describe themselves um and uh i i don't know if i even fully um buy voting biden harris as harm reduction um yeah i mean i've i'm with you and i've all and we've definitely like discussed this before on the pod and and i've sort of like saw the list of things that have happened in the past four years and i was like oh yeah <laughs> you know actually um i don't want four more years of trump and that's what harm reduction means that's, and i think that's that makes more sense to me as an like argument. i don't i don't fucking want this i don't want four more years of trump I want four more years of literally anything else, just any fucking other thing. I, that's what I want. And I think that's what the video is about. And I think everybody's burying the lead. When somebody says this, they're like really, really excited to go into some other area of like how fucked up the the entire branch of government is. Well, he, and I'm like, you know, guys, let's look at the material reality. Because well, we're materialists here. Well, the thing is, it's contrapoints, right? So here's, here's a, here's a, like why I, I, sure, it's as a as a liberal awareness campaign type thing. It's it's a successful PSA. But yeah. when I watch a contrapoints video, that's not necessarily what I'd expect from her channel. I'd actually expect like, um, her e exploring like, like the theories and like political history of, around like um different realms of thought like you know i i i guess like that and and i i think i made this point in my in my online twitter take as well if she just wants to make like fun funny videos it's a big success um and and maybe she should just stick to that if that's what makes her happy and she doesn't want to have 
the big internet discussions that she's known for anymore, you know? I don't know. I mean, I think it's really interesting, like, how upsetting this video is for people. Like, because to me, it just seemed like, oh, that's how this creator feels about this particular moment and is specifically saying, like, all right, this is... Uh, this is like extremely time sensitive. I'm just going to make this very specific statement about this one moment in history. And it is not even going to be something that, you know, other elections fall under. Like, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, it wasn't even about any other, it's not about electoralism. It's just about this moment and what we can do in this moment and saying if you decide to do something in this moment, it doesn't like negate any of the other work that you're doing and any of the other attempts you're trying to make. But there is something to understand. Like if, you know, we're trying to create a broader strategy, it would help if like, you know, um, like the entirety of Muslims were not illegal or something insane. Like the things that have been proposed over the past four years have been truly, truly banana town in a way that it's not even neoliberal. It's just like brain worms. It's just over, it's overwhelming the census. The the argument I um, am most in, like inclined about, you know, um, supporting the Democrats is that it, Trump is just overwhelming everything and it's it's just this all-encompassing thing that's just exhausting the entire political sphere in a way that's just like please just fucking get rid of it so we can refocus on on ta- you know taking on you know the the you know yeah this, well this we just we just don't have we we don't have a structure anymore like the amount of people who have come in and out of positions and like been replaced with capitalists is like unprecedented the amount of like attempts that you know we've made to try and do anything about this pandemic like have all been met with just insane private sector bs because like the entirety of our um, branch of government that is supposed to be allocating resources to finding a vaccine or something is like, oh, sure, let's um, let's focus on herd immunity because it's just easier for us to like send workers out into the field than it is to think of like hiring professionals that would make our leadership feel uncomfortable. Like... <laughs> I mean, yes, yes, everything is really bad and it could keep getting even worse or it could just kind of like just stay this bad. Yeah, right. And I, I don't know. I'm worried. You know, I think I do think that like a a Democratic presidency um, would level off this like overwhelming of the census senses in a way. Um, but I, I really truly do worry about, um, the amount, the sheer amount of jingoism, the sheer amount of like, you know, 
the 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 public private partnership this shit it happens with both the parties of course um and uh i i worry that they're just gonna rev up the war machine and everyone will will do kind of like they did post 9-11 where um we're just like super fucking patriotic and that's how everyone calms down quote unquote and that's just gonna be a nightmare too to me to me but maybe everyone else I don't will calm even, down i mean we but we're we're just like reaching this point of like an epistemological crisis where there isn't i don't think there's enough of a mass to actually create a patriotic fervor that we saw like successfully mobilized after 9-11 because at the point we're at now there's so many people who are like veterans with ptsd families of people who like you know like didn't get any of the promises that they were offered for joining the military or you know there's like so many um cases of disappointment cases of just like loss of life and, and destruction and this is just within our own citizenry. And the, and these people are the ones who are like, you know, stuck piling weapons and joining right-wing militias and stuff. I just don't see it as like, you know, we don't have the ability to, um, I, I don't know, really uh, tell all the kids to get in the backseat of the van and buckle up and shut up because we're all driving to the same place. You know, yeah, but they could make up a reason if, if they're more competent neoliberals. But that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think they can make up a reason. Uh, yeah. I don't think there is a reason. The only thing that there is to unite us is fighting COVID. Right. Uh, yeah. And and that that could be that that would be the best case scenario to me. Is like, yeah, we were talking a bit before we started recording. Some of the some of those shit my tenants union has been working on. One of it is like um, doing distribution for the fucking these boxes from the fucking USDA that have like President Trump flyers in them that we like take out and shit, and then like do all this free distribution. And it's yeah. like maybe that's the type of under a more competent administration. Um, maybe people will will maybe their patriotism will be directed to like National Guard or Army Corps of Engineers like setting up shit like the boat that we were obsessed with in April or um, you know yeah yeah food, yes, food comfort distribution and that sort of thing and and people will kind of you know have have a of have a buy-in to the American American project a bit more and feel like they're actually being taken care of in the most basic fucking way of like, you know, you get a Purdue chicken um, from our farm subsidies or whatever the fuck. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like just psycho shit. Yeah. But then it turns out that Purdue actually used like, yeah, 
somehow like finagled some taxpayer dollars to get you the chicken, but then that will... you have to pay for it also yeah. at the end. <laughs> no, yeah, we're paying. That's what I'm getting at. We are paying yeah. for it in our taxes. Like like all of this this distribution that's happening. It's like it, like the. The companies yeah, yeah. that are in these boxes we're distributing are all companies that get subsidies from the USDA. Like SNAP and EBT, all, like all that shit is like like su- farm subsidies, all this shit that would just get thrown out. We saw it get thrown out, all the milk and dairy products that are just totally overproduced. Like it's all it's all a write-off for them. And then there's a bunch of, you know, well-to-do volunteer groups like us who are happy to do the distribution for free because the alternative is people fucking starve. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's just psychotic. And I also feel like people are, are taking, taking the shit into their own hands with, um, you know, with, with the police too. Like, you know, it's, it, people do this sort of like balancing whenever, whenever another person is, you know, like often a mentally ill person, like what happened in Philly, like is just murdered straight up. Then the the people just loot the worst, um, most horrible gentrifying corporations in their neighborhoods. In this case, like uh, the Dollar Tree and the Walmart, like, and, and it's just like, yep, that's my stimulus. We've been fucking suffering for a while and then you spit in our faces about it and so we're just gonna take what we uh deserve (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) and so it's all like it all it all is going to shake out and it's just like if 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 the um governing apparatus is going to have a proper hand in it or just like fuck around like trump is doing uh <laughs> is and what you know fucking what Cuomo's doing and like all of these failures you know <laughs> sure yeah i mean i'm not i'm i don't think that anything is going to get better <laughs> what no matter so what anybody does <laughs> i don't i don't think anything is going to get better i don't i'm not like trying to i don't know i'm just saying like Maybe we'll flatline on the plunge into complete chaos if we can keep like a government intact, then we'll have something to work on instead of just like completely bankrupting um, like everything that we've amassed to try to make social programs well, because like like I don't know, I'm just you know looking at the way that everything has been run, like every single meeting that Trump has been having with, you know, every official he can at Mar-a-Lago costs American taxpayers, like, you know, $45,000 a dinner or more. And that's every time. And that's just like one aspect of the way that they've been treating our finances. And I'm like, you know, that's another thing. Maybe maybe we could get to the point where we're not so blasé about it and we could say, like, stop doing that. Or, like I've said for a long time now, tax strike. I mean, I love tax strike. I put off paying it until the 15th of October this time around. Nice. <laughs> 
because they did what they, they did push it back so i wasn't i wasn't i didn't get a fear or anything but yeah i mean you know if there was more of a discussion about a tax strike i would be like hell whatever this is great let's let's ride the wave or something but it seems like that's not even a conversation because everyone is afraid of like something i don't know the police well the thing is um the reason why i paid my taxes is because it's tied to um medicaid it's tied to like renewing all these programs like i need to prove my income and it's the easiest way yeah but the thing is if you pay your taxes and then you have this system that spends your taxes on something else and then wants to dismantle the health programs that you pay your taxes so that you can participate in like that there, there's no that kind of negate that's a negation like it it's a, a like you know. I know, but if enough people a, yeah. could see, like, you know, man, hey, this isn't working, maybe tax rake. But of of course, it's well, they're, they're know, stringing enough people like me along through unemployment payouts. It's like the it's kind of the unofficial UBI happening right now. Like it's stringing up, it's stringing along a lot of people right now, and and yeah, and to in order to maintain it, you you need to submit documents and that's often the easiest way to do it so it's it's this weird <laughs> it's this weird thing where it's like yeah i guess um i guess i'll pay it but then they're they're paying they've paid me all this money in unemployment so like it's not it's nothing to me <laughs> you know it's weird it, um <laughs> but i am of course with you on the point like it's it's just like it just feels like whenever like it, there was a de facto a tax strike because when all this shit went down it was in April and they did have to push it back because so many people just couldn't pay they just couldn't do it right well but it wasn't <laughs> I, it was the same kind of issue as every other um like potential workers movement we saw in those months of like oh shit this could be a general strike oh, this, you know, this could be the whole world coming to their senses. And it wasn't well, because we don't have the consciousness. There's no, yeah, there's no, there's not, there's no organizing uh, body that's like, uh, it's all, um, it's all happening on an individual basis. So that's like the, the main thing. It's just like, it's just like data. It's just like points of data to, to the, you know, to the, to the people, the, the administrators of these systems, right? It's just like, they're just like, oh, all of these people couldn't pay rent. Looks like we have to do the bare minimum now, you know? That's what kept happening with, like, everything, I feel like. Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't even the bare minimum, though. Of it course, was like, here's, I mean, a here's, a really, here's a really paltry um subsidy for your life and there was a lot of conversations that were like oh um you know a family can live off of $1200 for like <laughs> 4 weeks or something like you know there was there was absolutely no discussion about giving anyone the bare minimum to live there was Except just by like Bernie Sanders who got us the 600 extra right right <laughs> i mean that like that's like the shit like, i'm kind of referencing i'm done bless bless him for being the reasonable one but you know what most people are seeing is like oh we're not gonna get shit and um i do want to maybe try and get my life together 
to enough to get some food and not just drive around in a super long, uh, miles long line so that I can like get to a pile of rotten potatoes. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't think that we have the momentum to, uh, use the tragedy that we're facing now to get to a point of greater organization. It just seems like everyone is sort of also shitting on people who are saying that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, because it's, it's like very tedious shit that's just been taking forever. It's, and it's hard to measure how effective it's been. And like the the small amount of organizing people are doing, I mean, um, and that's I, I I don't know, and that's why I personally get a lot of inspiration seeing seeing what well organized left countries can do, like Bolivia and Chile, like, and maybe like I feel like a more renewed focus, like because I'm clued into to those struggles to to help raise that um when they are inevitably fucked with again by our our government and maybe there's maybe there's another coup in in Bolivia or Chile and may, maybe the when they rewrite the constitution in Chile all these bad actors with the United States backing will get involved and just all these things to be vigilant of as of you know whatever leftists in the united states where you know uh, the organizing here is very fraught or uh or often is like but maybe there's more things that we could do to help socialists in other countries right now i don't know that's something i've taken away from recent news yeah i i mean if anything um it seems as if the way that uh, like international socialist movements have been trending. Like we're not going to see anything of a substantial change happen in the borders of America. <laughs> uh, but it's, it, I mean, sure. It's, it's totally cool to, you know, fight along the parameters like, uh, or periphery, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, if you, you know, it's sure, like if we go to a country that has um, like, like Chile, all right, so we sent the Chicago boys there and we tried to um, export neoliberalism and then through a series of, you know, really wrought, um, bloody, horrible uh plays with Pinochet finally came out the other side and in the 90s their economy was all right and then it went down and then it went up again and then they had an election like I don't know it's just it doesn't seem like anyone is out of the woods no no no, that's what I mean and and maybe maybe like something to focus on as far as like you know building building left movements is is like mobilizing when the United States inevitably fucks with these countries again, because it's to get to the point where like they're, they're able to have like the overwhelming referendum to rewrite their constitution in Chile or um, to win outright um, the Bolivian elections. It just 
constant fights in the street and bloodshed. Yeah. And- which is like, which is so insane. It's like Bolivia, you know, they, they had like, you know, Evo Morales, what, three terms, brought the country up. And then in a year, it was able to be destroyed by fascists who are also now claiming like, uh, I forget her name. The. Yeah, I don't remember her name either. The, the um, the, the, the Bible lady. The, the fascist pog. Yeah, the, the fucking Bible lady. <laughs> yeah, she like, uh, you know, she's been, she's, she's been tweeting like, you know, I'm, I'm still the president. But she's like, she, she's been pushed out. She's gone. Yeah, she is pushed out, but she's not dead. And she's like now building this like sob story of, you know, being the rightful, uh, the, you know, like, oh, I didn't even get to complete my term. <laughs> Um, and of course, it's like the victory is that she's pushed out. But over the year that she was there, it was like, okay, let's just have like indigenous people dragged out in the streets and, and fucking killed, killed. Yeah. and let's just absolutely decimate the work worker protections. Like, let's just make it so that we can open up um, all of these uh, like natural resource economies to the highest bidder. And like fuck all, and in that year, so much destruction can be done that now it's like, ah, fuck. Like the long road to reconstructing after that is like still fraught because all of these people are also still around. Well, it's it's amazing that despite all of that, they came back and won completely outright. Oh like, yeah, it's incredible. Like to to go through all of that and to still be able to win and. I think I think they have the shit all the loans that like her her fucking temporary government took out from the IMF that could be an issue but I I don't I don't think that they were fully able to unnationalize a lot of the industry that had been nationalized under uh Morales and I think that's the most important thing to a country to, to maintain a country like Bolivia is as long as the workers maintain control over um, over their main, uh, you know, the functions of being able to live, uh, I think they will be able to rebuild. Like, I believe in it. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's really, I, I think it's heartening, like, their idea for um building a green infrastructure and having um the demands on like uh imperialist western nations to subsidize it <laughs> like <laughs> like you want our you want our natural resources like well you have to bring us up to speed with all yes. of this like Technology. completely carbon neutral uh tech yeah it's great I think it's awesome. I just wonder, I just, I feel like the, I just feel like evil is tenacious. Evil power steals on, you know that meme? Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> evil power steals on. And it, it, it's, it. it's really, I mean, this is like why this shit is so exhausting because like we, we're always fucking bickering over where to put all of our fucking chips, where to put all our spoons. 
What What do you feel like doing right now? Or what's the what's the best way to be a leftist right now? Or whatever the fuck. And it's like, oh, yeah, I give up. like, and I totally understand giving giving like that's I'm you know I'm not I'm not trying to have that conversation. I'm just bringing it up as like a this is like. <laughs> This is why yeah. this shit is so frustrating because <laughs> it's just so yes, circular. Yes, absolutely. Um, absolutely. But um, I don't know. My my personal take from like what the what other countries are able to do with like a a well organized um, socialist party is really inspiring and makes me feel good about trying to organize um, a. A, a party outside of the Republicans and Democrats, even if it fucking doesn't, you know, <laughs> like, like even if it's like so fucking slow that it makes my brain explode. Like, I don't know. It's just like, that just feels like good to be a part of even tangentially. I mean, it's not like, like most of the shit that I see results from is like just on a complete individual basis doing tenant work like the other thing like we did was an uh sort of an eviction defense like basically like a single mom had a um a shut off like a, a gas shut off and we all just like showed up to show uh, the, it was illegal and and so the of course it's illegal but other states it's not illegal but in new york it's illegal um and the landlord had to come shut it back on, but she was like afraid of the landlord. So we all just like showed up just to, to show that she has support and they can't be fucking with her like this, you know, Hell and yeah. that's, like, that's like a result. And that's just one person. <laughs> right. And it took like, you know, a group of like 20 people and it's like, and we helped one yeah. person. <laughs> <It's>, yes. <laughs> But also happy that it's happening. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, but that that trains us to have a mobilized eviction defense network for the whole neighborhood. And we're all, we've all gotten deeper social bonds just by rooting in the place we live and committing to it. And of course, like people come and go, like we had a, a, I had a good friend of mine who's like born and raised in the area who had to move all the way out to fucking Bay Ridge or some shit. And, and she's really sad she can't still be in involved on the ground but she's you know still helping digitally or whatever it's 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 nice i don't know and i but it it also what i'm all i mean is that it's of course not ideal because everyone always has to move anyway it sucks yes yeah <laughs> it's just like it's so frustrating and i know like you and i are both exhausted from it like how how was the panel you attended about art workers and what they're up to right now oh yeah um well i checked back in with the art worker coalition um so they they had like a they had a coalition building town hall um on the 21st and uh you know it was it was interesting like there was a lot of discussion around what to do um for all of the arts workers who are being laid off in mass um after like this you know furloughing patterns from all these institutions and then um you know it was it was sort of like let's put all of the issues out on the table and there was a there was like 
what do we do about the unemployed? How can we get unemployed art workers to join um, a larger movement of the unemployed and try to like mobilize as as a block? And then um, how do we talk about um, like institutional racism in the face of like all of the changes that are coming from Black Lives Matter? Um, so that is like, what does it look like to have representation in the workforce? But also, what does it look like to have cultural um, institutions uh, who are, you know, maybe not um, deviating from that colonial uh, narrative of art? Like, you know, is it enough just to have people... Uh, represented in the um, in the docent's corner, or is it like we need to totally overhaul this uh, collection? And then um, there was kind of like what Baltimore, the Baltimore yeah. wrote. I don't know. I just wanted your take on that real quick. Like the Baltimore, uh, was it the PMA? What are they? BMA, the BMA, Baltimore Museum of mm-hmm. Art, um, selling a Warhol and like two other abstract expressionists with a commitment to buying like more local and black uh, artists and artists of color. Um, I mean, I, I think it's, I mean, I mean, you don't have to, I think it's your whole, well, to me, like deaccession is a shame uh, in general, because it reprivatizes art and it's like just gonna go back on this weird commodity training, um, like uh, I don't know, it's a it's a hamster wheel. Of course. Um, and to me, I think like the boards of most institutions are able to like leave collections intact and then also buy underrepresented artists because oftentimes they're so it's so cheap it's like you for them why can't you just expand your collection and then also like they have enough money to expand the collection and help all of the workers and do they can do anything that like collectively having a ton of millionaires and billionaires around that are like oh shoot sorry we're just gonna like decide not to do anything so you have to get rid of things that people come here to see is weird to me that makes but uh, you know i'm just a silly no 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 that absolutely (laughs) makes sense as an argument like i um i totally agree i think if it wasn't i think like the main thing is that it's just a it's this it's such a shitty Warhol piece that I do not care about. Um, well, that's, but, <laughs> yeah. I mean, to me, I don't think that that should be a reason. I, I know, like, I, I don't like Warhol either, which is why I'm just speaking generally about and then, the, and then the other, Yeah. And then the other part of side to that is like the um, acquisition process. It, it, there's no real like public input on that end. So it, like, it's like the, yeah. And then there's this new group of people who are like challenging that canon and, um, you know, um, like some of yeah. them almost want to retire some of the canon and like to make more room 
Like, I, I don't know. So the thing is, like, we're not out of room, you know? No one is running out of room. We can look at things that were important in the, you know, 80s, and we can look at things that are important in 2020 and we can look at them but next to each other and we can that like were important in the 80s actually being shown at the public art museum or is it stuff that the board during that time decided was what they were going to prioritize for whatever reason well in either case that's the underlying given so if they're deciding something decades ago, if they're deciding something now, and in some cases, if they're the same people deciding to change their <laughs> mind about something, you know, like, I'm just saying the way that the system is, we have the space and the capability of having, like, a robust conversation about these cultural artifacts in the same space. Like you don't need to sell something off to just start having a completely different conversation when ultimately it's all, it's all like, um, it's all a networked sort of process of discovery. Well, anyway. How do you take stock in like acquisition mistakes? Like what if like there's, they just have like a shitload cause they have a shitload of Warhols. There's so many of them. Like, so do we, do we, just like make keep letting letting the expansions happen and then the expansions like cause all these issues down the road uh i mean the way it seems it's like paintings are flat nobody's like losing losing sleep over storing a painting and you know the way that the world is set up there's entire um, warehouses for them anyway and they're not full <laughs> um, like I just think it's weird when and of no, course I like Warhol this, I like this it's argument. not this is really interesting to me like you know I think that there you know Warhol is one of those artists that it's like a lot of screen prints a lot of boring stuff a lot of things that were just there to build a market and a lot of things that are just being sold as like um, you know, he made less serious, um, like print series that are now being jacked up and sold as serious things. Yeah. And, and like a lot of the time though, all of those mistakes happen in auction circuits and like in an auction, um, a lot, like people will totally, um, you know they'll they they'll cut an artwork out of the continuity of the artist's intention and they'll reconfigure it so that it looks like it's worth more and they'll like mess with the narrative of an artist or yeah, you know they'll yeah. just they'll do whatever just to start a bidding war and um that actually happened with this artist um Les Levine a lot mm -hmm. he's a conceptual yeah. artist and they would, you know, his work was, yeah, it's like anti-capitalist, sells it for $3, and then auction houses are like, how do we make this look like history and then sell it for dude, hundreds it, of thousands of dollars? It reminds me of our episode one and two when we were talking about, like, Boo Hooray selling uh, black masks. <laughs> yes. And, and so, like, like, but for me, I just think, you know, in an institutional setting... 
ideally the artwork has made it to the institution because there's actually a team of curators and there's a team of historians who are working to make connections between the actual important um, like exchanges that are going on within the art community around the institution. And that like, we're working to pair those contemporary moments with these moments that are like, oh, you know, this really caused a stir with people in the past and here's a stir now. And what do these stirs look like together? And like the narrative of art builds from those connections. And it can't just be like, okay, we broke here and now we're doing something new because this is more important. I, I agree with what you're saying. And I think that ties into a lot of what happened with the Philip Gustin exhibition, right? Like it's like this, um, this one group was like, we got to push it back because this, and then like this other group is like, no, we need to show it as it is and talk about it in the context of, of its time and everything. And I totally yeah. agree. I totally agree with that. Um, here's, here's my um, contrarian little take. Uh, all of these like curators and historians, um, it's very, I think it's very generous. And I want to believe that these act, these are all like acting in the public's best interest, but I don't think they are. And I would like to there to be more, public accountability throughout the whole process, including acquisitions. Um, you know, that's all that's, that's, that's what I, I would add. Um, just, and, 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 and that's, I told, I kind of understand the, the new curators at like, uh, the the in Baltimore and their, their letter about it. I kind of understand where they were coming from. Um, as well but um yeah otherwise i i'm i appreciate your thoughts on that because that like helped put a couple pieces in my brain that um like i just don't i i just i don't know i just couldn't quite get from like the that one fucking la times article i read about it i just that was critical of it i just did not like at all <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's just it's complicated i guess it sort of comes back to the art workers coalition thing which is like you know if you if you don't feel a connection to the institution then it is entirely the job of the staff to have a more front-facing um like you know place for the for the viewers of art to um, communicate about at least what is contemporary, because I'm, I'm willing to go to an e exhibit, see some antiquity, understand the way that colonialism operates. And, you know, even if it's like the obelisk um, yeah. that's outside of yeah. the Met, it's like, for me, learning about how it got there and why it's there and the struggles around it is also part of the understanding the piece. And it's not like, I, and I think if there was a way to return it, then that would also be a continuation yeah. of the piece. Like you yeah. can't, you can't cut the narrative and then just 
start doing something else with it. It's like right. everywhere it goes, that goes on its provenance. And if you have arts professionals who are willing to have those discussions with the public and sort of like come to an agreement about where these conversations could go together, that would be ideal. Yeah, and, and the like, public should have been involved in the um, de decession. De how do you say it? Yeah, de, de accession too. Like all of it, it all should have been up. You know, a much more public facing process. Right, but we're not we're not accustomed to running anything with that much input. Yeah, like as far as this goes, it's it's like, um. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, uh, what degree do you have to be able to discuss this? We're here to to be experts. Right. Yeah, we're the gatekeepers of the canon. Or, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but there's a lot of there's a lot of people who have those degrees. Even just to get every single fucker with a fucking BFA involved, you know, who live in the area. That's <laughs> something. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, this vote is just for the art nerds. We've got a we've got a down ballot yeah, for dude, you. Honestly, sorry, I'm getting excited. That would rock. That would totally rock. I think a lot more people would vote if you could vote on like what cultural atmosphere you would be living in. Right. I mean, it's better than just like yeah, letting the sort of like um, liberal whitewashing of the history happen which is kind of like the de facto way that these critics these valid criticisms of the like colonialist patriarchal canon of art is going uh it's not it doesn't have a a, a, a structure it, like like there's not there's not like a clear um reconciliation so it's just it feels like what what'll probably happen is what'll happen with a lot of uh, public realms which is like it just it just gets like relegated to um just like uh, i don't know um white more whitewashing but woke or whatever <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> uh, this this all is making me think of um the boris gross book in the flow Ooh, yeah. um i was reading some yes. Christ, actually <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. He's so good about um, the distinctions of where the boundaries of the institution are and then, like, what does it mean to challenge them? And, and like, like I don't know. He, I, I just see the map that he lays out for, like, do you want to destroy the institution or do you want to yeah. reform the institution? Yeah. And then what does that mean inside of another... Um, you know, larger political reality where you, do you want to destroy or reform that? Right. And like, what's your, what's your combination of interests? <laughs> Yo, let's, do, let's, let's go there for our next theory. Up. I mean, I know we have in the past too, but let's do some more. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. We've been neglecting the theory heads. Like we got to dip back in the books. I mean, I've been doing some on my own, so maybe I'll pull out what I've been reading. I just got a new book that I'm excited that? about. Um, it's I Want to Believe. Um, Posadism, oh, UFOs, oh, yeah. and Apocalypse it, Communism. You him on the pod. I know him. Oh, yeah. really? He's, he's my friend Zach and Allison. Yeah, you're um, the 
second person who said that they know him. I met I'm him. like, how do I not know this we're, person? We're friendly on Twitter, Damn. but I, he would definitely talk to us. At, like, Oh, that's great, because I'm in love with this book. <laughs> that's awesome. It's, a, it's putting together a lot of things <laughs> for me where I, I couldn't understand the rift of like why um, sci-fi and spirituality is sort of like sidelined um when ultimately a lot of the times it comes up with you know speculative fictions that yeah. we can use as working models be, yeah it can be like a liberatory imaginative thing yes that's where that i am rocks. i'm there i'm like i can't with this hardline conservative marxism i get, <laughs> I get like yeah, I, I feel like that was like kind of my entry to I mean, we talked about that with our Ursula K. Le Guin episode, but that was like my entry point to like thinking more about political theory with sci-fi. That's it. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, I think it's everybody's and then yeah. it just sort of is like, well, uh, you know, let's not think about anything too crazy. We've we got to focus. Like, yeah. Like, focus I on know. what? Everyone's saying, Stop telling me to mobilize. Everyone's saying different things. It's hard. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I like I I cannot do the chic mobilization of just like um switching gears every three months when someone decides to make a new hashtag. Sorry, I'm gonna just have my own dream. <laughs> Goodbye. I I get that. I mean, like I mean, like I'm constantly talking about the only way I can fucking figure out a, a rooting point is like literally where I live. <laughs> like otherwise, I'm, yes. I'm in the fucking water. <laughs> yeah (laughs) um uh but this ended up great uh this little episode i think we hit on everything we wanted to hit on um uh we didn't i mean we didn't talk that much about the the weird uh or yeah we talked about everything i don't know i was gonna say uh the right wing is gonna be scary for a bit uh would love the election to just be fucking over Oh yeah, my God! Let's just end Be it careful now. Out there, everyone. <laughs> and oh, yes. and maybe we'll try to do something fun for our like official hundredth episode. We've definitely done more than a hundred, but um, our a hundred episode, a hundred titled episode or whatever. Our technical hundo. <laughs> technical hundo. Um, uh, we'll figure out something to do with that next week and have a fun one. So. Um, and hopefully that'll be yeah. after the election. I, I guess it will be. Oh my if we god! Do it on Wednesday again. Yeah, maybe we should just have an election. Oh, app. Damn, and just have everyone on and be yeah. like, uh, maybe we can, maybe we can watch the election results and we'll just live stream with everyone we've ever oh, met. Just like invite people to come through. That could be good because then we're not alone watching it, which would fucking suck. Yes. Oh, that's a great idea. Maybe yeah. we'll just turn it into that. We'll just have a big old party and we can just trash can, on it. We can kind of like, we can kind of maybe if we record earlier, we could do like a kind of regular episode and then just like, yeah, have a party. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great idea. Okay. So that'll probably be what we do on Tuesday, guys. Um, follow Sick. our Twitch, twitch.tv slash art and labor. Um I'll try to get that all set up and um, we'll have a nice Zoom. We'll use your Zoom account that's paid for. (laughs) (gasps) Yes, my very, very fancy Zoom. And then we'll just like give the invite to all of our favorite former guests and friends. (laughs) 
That's so cool. Let's have a big Zoom party. Let's have fun. Have fun with that. Bye, guys. (laughs) Fun with the fucking end of the fucking world. I'm being hyper. Yes, there's gonna be some shit. Be really careful, guys. Like every everybody's tensions are gonna be going insane. So be careful. (laughs) All right. Bye. Let's but have fun. (laughs) Let's have fun. Lots of fun. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Lots of fun.